Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas so you can save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. And you can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Coming up later with MoviePass falling apart, I'm asked for alternatives. I want to give you two for the movie lover in you. Actually, one of them is for the movie liker. The other is for the movie lover. Right now, I want to talk about something that I found off-putting. There was a story that CNBC did about the cost of child care for you if you're thinking of having a kid. And the average cost of child care in the United States per year is rounding around 20 grand. Some places it will be more, some it will be less, but it's a lot of money and it's a scary number. And it's like, how, how do families make that decision to have a child? And a lot of people are delaying having children having fewer children, having no children. It's a perfectly acceptable choice if you don't want to have kids. You know, there's no societal pressure today to have kids if that's not your thing. But if having a child or children is your thing, I never want you to allow the scary numbers to turn you away from something that can be such a great joy in your life. And so, yeah, you can be intimidated away from having children by stats about what it costs to raise a kid from age 0 to 18, what it costs for child care, what college costs. And you can take that information and you can say, well, I wanted to have a kid. It's just not going to happen. And if that's the choice you choose to make because of the intimidating numbers, that's fine. But if it's what you really want to do, know that a lot of times your priorities change in life. When you have a kid or you have kids, where your money goes, what you do, how you spend your time, it all changes. And by the way, spending that you did before you had kids, a lot of it you can't do once you have kids because you don't have the time. So yeah, kids are expensive, but they're priceless at the same time. And I don't want you to be foolhardy or careless with your money, but I don't want you to be intimidated out of something that can bring you so much joy just because of a headline. And that's said by cheap guy. But, I mean, where's the meat to that? This is the meat to it. So let's say you've already had a kid and you're facing down all these expenses. There's a tool that very few people take advantage of that most of us have available where we work, and it's known as an FSA, a flexible spending account where you're able to put pre-tax dollars aside for dependent care. So instead of using after-tax dollars, 
you can use pre-tax dollars for child care uh, up to a certain age, summer camps, uh, all different kinds of activities. And that has the effect of lowering the cost. I can't bring the cost of having a child down to nothing. But there are things you can do that are, are ways that you lessen the burden of it. And FSA, most people are afraid to do it because you use the money or you lose it. But the reality is if you have a kid and you have a kid in child care or you have a kid who's going to go to camp, whatever, you'll use up that FSA money. And most people find they don't leave money behind. They wish they had more that could go in an FSA. Todd is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Todd. Good afternoon. How are you, Clark? Great. And I want to thank you so much for your son's service to our country. Oh, uh, I, I appreciate it as much as you do. I, I couldn't be any prouder as a father. And what branch of the service is your son in? He went into the United States Army last March. Wow. And it is. Uh, did you go to see him when he finished boot camp? Absolutely. We uh, flew down to Fort Benning, and then I watched him go through Airborne, and there's, there's nothing like watching your son jump out of an airplane. It's just it's thrilling. Oh, I, I can think of many things I'd rather do than watch <laughs> my son jump out of an airplane, because I'd be terrified for him. Were you scared at all watching that? Oh, yeah, nervous as heck. But like I said, I flew in the military when, uh, when I was a young man, so probably not as scared as his mother was, but I couldn't have been prouder. It was, it was exciting. Well, I thank you for your service to our country as well. I was, uh, I'm in our state guard, and we were doing a joint exercise with the Colorado Air National Guard, and we were supposed to do a, a airplane jumping thing, and I was not at all excited about it. And it was several years ago when fuel prices had gone up, and the mission was canceled because of cutbacks because of the increase oh. in the cost for fuel. Thank and <laughs> you don't know who was more relieved than I was. I don't know if anybody was. Oh, good for you. And we all thank you for your service, too. Everybody's working together. <laughs> well, you want to talk about your son and something for him. Tell me about that. Absolutely. This weekend, he's coming home for his first leave. And I want to sit down with a cup of coffee and talk to him about his retirement options in the military. And I, I kind of know that they're in flux right now. There's kind of a transition. And you know as well as I do, at this point in his life, he has no expenses. He, he has no car payment. He has no school payments. He's got no, you know, no rent, no nothing. He, this guy, you know, 24 and in the military, I've told him, you have less expenses now than you'll ever have in your life. So it's a good time to start. Well, he is so fortunate to have you having this conversation with him because for him going in the Roth TSP is because you're familiar with the thrift savings plan probably from when you served in the military. Right. It's been a long, yeah. long time ago. So the TSP is a much more efficient retirement plan than any of the rest of us have. Costs okay. on it are virtually zero. So every dollar you can get your son to put into the TSP, the better. But as a young military person in the Army, he's not making a lot of money, is not in any significant tax bracket. So he's offered the option of the Roth TSP, where it'll be after-tax dollars that will never be taxed again. Mm -hmm. 
And that's what he should do. And okay. put in as much as you can possibly convince him to do because that money will work for him. Early 20s, right? Right, 23. So that money over the next 40 years will grow into a mountain if you can get him to put a lot of his military pay into it. Military personnel see pensions reduced who enlist in 2018 and beyond, as I understand it, but they will now, from that point forward, receive a match in the TSP. Your son will not. Okay. But it's still so worth him doing. But as much as he can do, you know, at 23, that money will double over and over and over again over the years. Right. And every dollar put in at such a young age becomes huge money, Mm -hmm. way outstripping inflation down the road. And I would just have him go in the um, life cycle fund. Okay. And that will automatically adjust based on his age and become, uh, over these early years, will be overwhelmingly a stock choice and much later in his life will become a more balanced portfolio. Okay, excellent. Well, I can't wait to see him, and I can't wait to sit down and give him this information. You know, he won't miss any of this money right now with uh, the way his lifestyle is. And, you know, my experience, I've talked to young soldiers, sailors, airmen, you know, it it posts all around the United States, and what we do, a, a Clark Howard event, you know, Clark Howard Live, And what happens is the officers are asking me questions about saving and investing, and the enlisted personnel are only asking me questions about spending. I understand that, yep. And so that's something that I work so hard at when I'm at, at a base or a post, is trying to get the young enlisted personnel to know that time works for them if they'll defer once and save now. Art is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Art. How are you? Hi, I'm fine, Clark. Thanks for taking my call. Certainly. Art, you got a notice from your credit card company that's a little mysterious. Tell me what they've said to you. Well, I opened up a new credit card account because I liked the benefits that they were offering. Not that I really needed one, but I couldn't resist. In reading, and when the credit card came, it came with the card agreement, like they always do. In the so-called small print, which in this case was not so small, there was a provision under arbitration where you could opt out of the arbitration without affecting your rights or responsibilities, including the use of the account. That must be, that's got to be a Citibank letter. They're the only bank I know of that's been sending people a notice like that. Is it, is, it, is it a city card? Yes, it is a city card associated with your favorite wholesaler. Oh, with Costco. Okay. So, yes. yeah, you have the right to just send them that letter and they will not boot you out. The thinking, I'm sure, on their part is they can afford to be generous this way because almost nobody will ever notice that or do anything about it. But you do have to do it within 45 days of opening the account and send it to the address they provide. But there's one caveat that I'd like to warn you. It's not retroactive on any other account that you have with Citibank. So it's something you'd have to do with each account with them. So If they allowed you to. Yeah. So the thing is with, with these arbitration things, you know I, I can't stand arbitration clauses that are imposed on you as a consumer. 
because they're a stack deck. The bank picks the arbitrator. The arbitrator finds for the bank. Uh, by one study, it was all just a tiny hair under 100% of the time because they don't keep the business from the bank if they don't find for the bank. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I just wanted to tell you about a big bank doing the right thing after uh, how you've been railing against some of these agreements. And uh, that's great. And, you know, the the hope is you would never have any situation come up that you'd need to sue a bank anyway. And it's funny that that the banks just have this automatic assumption that everybody gets up every day in their lives and say, who can I sue today? And it's just not that way in life. I've been sued in my entire career. Think about what I do on the air and how many times I'll name a company in an unflattering light. How many times do you think I've been sued in 30 years? Your public figure, probably none. Well, I'm not sure that makes any difference. No, it doesn't. Not with what I do. I'm considered to be a target. Um, I have been sued one time. And I won that. I'm happy to say I won that lawsuit in a uh, directed verdict. The company was suing me because of what I said about them being crooks, and the principals ended up going to prison. So I wasn't wrong. I hope hope conversations like this continue to put the pressure on the other bad guys. Well, I appreciate that, and I congratulate you for actually reading the terms that came with the offer of the Citibank Costco Visa card that you actually noticed that you had a choice. Billy's with us. Hello, Billy. Hello. How are you? Today, looking for some uh, some advice. Let's see we if have, I can uh, give some that would be useful. Okay. We currently have a mortgage, well, about forty six thousand dollars on it, and we've got a money market account, and we've got about forty nine thousand dollars in it. Want to know if it was the right decision to pay the house off with that? still have a little bit of money, you know, for emergencies or anything. So do you have any other debts in your life? Nope. House is the only debt that we have. You know, that sounds like a great idea to just uh, blow out that money market account and kill off the mortgage. Because your mortgage is at what percent? It's at 3% right now. Three is a very low rate, but your money market is paying, if you're lucky, 1%. Oh, yeah. And what do you pay per month for the mortgage? Right now, the mortgage is about $600 a month. And we've been paying $600 extra, too, to try to pay it off. So every month, you you want to build up more cushion. You can keep putting money back into the money market. But I would say, even though your mortgage rate is so low, if you've got nothing else you're worrying about about paying bills, that it would be... A neat idea just to blow out the mortgage and live completely mortgage debt free. But there's a, a second question for you before you get the full green light. What okay. are you doing to save for retirement? Right now, I've, I've got a, uh, a 401k with my, my company, and I'm putting 15% a month. Pay off the 15%. mortgage. Okay. All right. Yeah, wow. And I hope that that you inspire other people. Here you are on the edge of being completely debt-free and you're doing a great job saving for your future and for retirement. So just write them that check. When you pay off the mortgage, one of the gifts that your bank gives you 
is you're going to have to pay them 20 or $25 to give you the permission letter to send them the 46000 Okay. And they call that the payoff letter, and they've got to get the money on the exact... The payoff letter will show you, if you pay off this loan on such and such a date, this is the amount you have to send us. And every day after that, you have to send us an extra $9 or $12 or whatever. And so you got to pay for that letter and then send in the money. Okay. So go for it. All right. And then have that big party for that mortgage burning. And congrats to you and to anyone else who owns your home free and clear. As MoviePass has been crashing and burning, people want to know, what do you do next? if now you got the fever for the flavor of going to the movies. And right now there's two alternatives that you could look at. One of them is the thing called Cinemia, I guess is how you say it. That's how I say it. <laughs> so I hope that's right. But Cinemia has a very popular plan that you pay 8 bucks a month and you get two movies you can see per month. These rate plans change all the time, but that's the current one. You pay a year up front, so you pay 100 bucks for the year, and that gets you, if you go to movies twice a month, that gets you 24 movie entries. And so think about that cost per movie. You're paying $4 a movie, and that's a deal. And they allow you to book in advance. You can go to any theater. They just pay for your tickets. Completely different than how MoviePass was. $10 a month, a movie a day, it obviously didn't work. So if you love movies, and I'd say that the cinema is really if you like movies, but if you love movies, well, how about this? The AMC program, if you have AMC theaters near you, I was talking to a guy who just loves, loves, loves movies. even likes going to a bad movie. And he is loving Stubbs, the AMC Stubbs program, where you pay 20 bucks a month and you get three movies a week. So if you really take advantage of it, and he does, so you're getting the equivalent of 12 movies a month for about $1.60 a movie. Eh, very few people go to all the movies that you can with one of these things. But if you're somebody who is a movieaholic and you want to see a movie roughly every other day almost, you're able to do that with the AMC stubs. And it doesn't matter if it's a fancy theater or a regular one, whatever, the AMC theaters are just part of the deal. I know that they did this just to put the hurt on MoviePass, or at least that's what I believe that AMC did. And hopefully they will keep this thing going with the level of benefits there are and the price point, but they'll be able to decide it's their business. But what MoviePass has done, if nothing else, is... People have rediscovered a joy 
of going to an actual physical theater. I can't remember what year I was last in a movie theater. And I didn't bite. I didn't sign up for movie pass. But for many people who got out of the habit of going to theaters, the movie business has had like its best summer this past summer in forever. And either that's because there were better movies or because so many people rediscovered, hey, it can be fun to go to a theater. Kathleen is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Kathleen. Hi. Well, you want to talk about Europe, don't you? Well, yeah, I guess so. Actually, I'm kind of interested in asking you a question about, um, I have a personal loan or line of credit with a bank, and I wanted to borrow money. So I didn't go to them first. The first thing I did was I saw online a company. I'm not going to give you the name, but the name of a company that gives out loans. It looked very impressive. And I called the Better Business Bureau, and they said it had an A-plus rating, so I thought that was good. So I continued, and I filled out an application. And what my question is, they keep coming back with other things that I haven't said or filled out yet. I graduated college in 1963. They want a copy of my college degree. I said, I don't have it. They said, we have to find something. Otherwise, your rate will go up. Does that make sense? I guess that's my question. Does that make any sense? Is this a scam thing, or is this something that's typical? No, every lender uses different underwriting standards. And the one asking for a copy of a college degree from years ago? Yeah. That's pretty crazy. I've never had that come up ever. Uh, You know, when people apply for mortgages, it's not unusual now to have a level of documentation that has to be provided that seems so intrusive and so unnecessary, but it's how that market works now. But for a personal loan... To ask you all that kind of stuff seems really it weird. It does. And when I said, it was really interesting, I said, well, they said, we checked our database and you didn't graduate from where you said you did. I said, yes, I did. I said, but you don't have my maiden name. I didn't go to college under my married name. I wasn't married when I went to college. And they went, oh. So they took my maiden name out of so it, you know, it kind of it just didn't make sense. But I started to think, what is this? It doesn't seem like it's it's being run proper. Something's wrong here, you know. And I just couldn't figure out if I should pursue and continue this, or maybe I should just drop. What kind of interest point. rate are they promising you? That, well, they with the good rate, it was fourteen percent. What is your personal well, uh, line of credit? Same, what rate is it at? Same, exact same. Okay, and where does Europe fit into borrowing this money at fourteen oh, percent? Because, because my daughter is going there, and I'm giving her this money to start off there. She's the moving to Europe. Yes, yes, she is. Uh-huh. So how so, is she, uh, she's an adult she's daughter, older. right? Yes, she yes she is. Uh huh. Okay, it's a long story. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little I'm gonna be a little too personal here. But I'm just okay. I'm just curious. Why are you taking out a loan at fourteen percent, which right. is a, a pretty high interest rate, right? Well, instead of her paying she, for it, because her credit is not good, and she couldn't get a loan. So she's going. She has a job that she's going to, and she's going to actually pay the loan back from her job. But it'll be in my name. That's all right. How we you know, it before out. you do that. I would like yeah. for her to test the waters and see if she could borrow the money at Lending Club or Prosper. 
Oh, wait, I should write this down. Yeah. Well, can you hold on? I didn't know you were going to give me information. That's all right. I'll put you on, I'll, in a minute, I'll put you on hold, and we'll make sure we give you this information. Lending Club okay. and Prosper are non traditional lenders where investors see the purpose okay. of a loan and decide whether or not they want to fund it. And based on her credit score, the rate is a, is according to her credit score. But I right. I would much prefer for her, particularly if she's going to Europe, she has a job that you think right. is going to really happen. I would mm-hmm. much prefer for her to be the one who has to pay the loan. Because if she says she's going to pay you back and then doesn't, right. The lender, the lender doesn't care. You're stuck with that loan. Right. No, I know that. No, I'm, I'm very aware of that. I don't think that would happen, but there's always that, that small possibility that you never know. Because at, at the point in life you're at, um, I don't like for you to be taking on a new debt obligation. Yeah. You understand okay, well, why, right? Because. Yes. I certainly do. I yeah. certainly do. And I know you're, yeah. you're doing something from the best of your heart and best of intentions for your daughter, but gosh, I don't want you to put yourself in harm's way. Okay. So at, least, at least let her try. And I'm going to put you on hold. We're going to give you the information on these two lenders. Again, they're prosper.com and lendingclub.com. Jason joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Jason. Hey, Clark, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Well, great to have you here, and you are 20 years old, right? Yep, that's correct. And you're trying to figure out how to do what? Well, I have all this money that I've worked for in the past couple of years since out of high school, and I'm just a big saver, and I don't know what to do with it all. To be honest, I want to start a Roth, and I don't know how much to plan right now because I want to start my own construction business in a few years. And so I call in to get your input on it. Okay, so as far as starting the business, because I want you to pursue your entrepreneurial goals, how much cash do you need for that, and how much of that do you already have? Well, I would say I would need around a hundred grand to start, and I have 50, 50 grand cash right now. Okay, so you're halfway home, and you've done all that by your 20th birthday, which is fantastic. So this is a little bit difficult to say what you should do because the sooner you're in your entrepreneurial pursuit, the sooner it is that you may be able to make some serious money. Okay. And so the money you invest could generate nice income for you. So if I get you to divert, you're allowed to put $5,500 into a Roth each year I get you to divert $5,500, you've now wiped out 11% of the money that you've worked so hard to save that you haven't wiped it out, but you've diverted it to save for retirement, and then it's not there to help you start your construction business. Yeah. So when you are in your own business, there are many different ways for you to put money aside for retirement. There's massive flexibility for a a self-employed individual or a small business owner. So I know this is going to sound backwards from what I always talk about. In your case, I would stay single-minded as an entrepreneur and keep living on much less than you make, putting as much cash as you can towards the stash you're going to need to start your business, 
And that should be your single-minded goal. Entrepreneurs have to be single-minded in their pursuit of their business goals. Cool. I think I already got that down. <laughs> okay. So I'm, I can't believe I'm even saying this. I don't even want you to put a token amount of money into a, a Roth because you're already of the mind to save for your future. You're obviously a great saver. If you look at time as a very important commodity for you, putting money continually into the stash for opening your own business, that's all I want you to focus on. Because if you were somebody who struggles to put money aside to save, we'd have a different conversation. That's not who you are. And I want you operating your own business as quick as possible. Right now, we're going to the questions you post on the Ask Clark board at Clark.com. Joel, who do we have this Ask Clark from? Clark, this one's from Ken. He says, my daughter was jilted by her ex-fiance. She kept the engagement ring made of platinum and at least a carat diamond. She'd like to sell it and put that towards a house purchase. Where does one go to sell a ring like that? Well, well, first, I express my sympathies to your daughter if it's the right thing for that not to happen. Whatever. I don't know what to say about that. But anyway, as far as selling a ring, I have to express my sympathies too. They go for amazingly little amounts of money compared to what they cost at retail. So she's not going to get a figure anywhere near what she might expect for that because so much of what you pay for when you buy a diamond engagement ring is the sentimental factor. And except for Costco Wholesale that allows you to return an engagement ring at any time for any reason for a full unconditional refund, it is a difficult process. You can, I would suggest as a first step, this is some work if you think this is a ring of great, great, great value, is that it's taken to a graduate gemologist to map the stone and depending on the graduate gemologist, he or she, usually a he, may give you also an approximation of what value it might hold at wholesale. Graduate gemologists that you're paying, representing you, may well also have certain places that he or she would be able to shop that diamond and the ring for you to try to get you the best price. The problem for an individual selling a diamond ring is that we are in such a vastly inferior knowledge position to the people who work in the business. That's why hiring your own hired gun, a graduate gemologist, is the best way for you to at the least get a real sense of value of that stone and the ring, and then in addition, for you to be in a position maybe with their help to get the closest you can to top dollar. Good luck. All right, David wants to know, what's the best way to get a good deal on a cruise? There is no one best way to get a great deal on a cruise, but the best deals on cruises go to people who use the cruise comparison sites and the high-volume cruise discount agencies, and you can be flexible about the ship, the date, the port of departure, my uh, oldest brother is retired, and he and his wife go on cruises based on whatever the best deal is. 
and they're willing to go out of any port in North America at any time because the rates on cruises, more important than where who you buy it from, the, the date that you go on a cruise, the rates on the same cabin vary enormously week to week. The more flexibility you have about what cruise you take and when, the bigger the savings. Look at cruisecritic.com for good information about booking bargains on cruises. All right, Clark, and Mikardo wrote in and said, is Credit Karma a good uh, website to view and keep track of your credit score? Yes. It's not your actual real credit score. It is an approximation of, t- of your scores from two bureaus. It is a great way for free for you to be able to monitor your credit whenever you wish. They also offer free credit monitoring if you're paying for that right now. And Discover has a product that lets you see your credit score for free whenever you want at no cost. And it's called the Credit Scorecard. The web address to see it, simply enough, is creditscorecard.com. You do not have to be a Discover customer to use it. We got a question from Wade. He says, why do you never talk about U.S. Cellular? It's one of the big carriers in my area. That's a great question because U.S. Cellular has strength generally regionally they are a very good provider in fact if i remember right they are now the highest rated provider in the consumer report survey of cell phone companies and so i should talk about them more but check them out at uscellular.com they have a fantastic reputation All right, and Joni wrote in. She says, you mentioned recently an online eyeglass company, and I forgot the name. Could you please repeat it and tell me where to go shopping for glasses online? People are buying a greater and greater percent of eyeglass prescriptions online because the cost is a miniature amount of money versus the traditional way of getting eyeglasses. The largest seller of online glasses is Zenni, Z-E-N-N-I Optical The glasses come roughly two weeks after you order them. At the high end, Warby Parker, that now has a small number of retail stores, has been very successful undercutting the traditional high end of the eyeglass business. But there are many others as well if you just Google cheap eyeglasses. This is the Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.